You know, you remember just two weeks ago, uh, we celebrated Easter. And we talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then uh, maybe a period of time we don't talk about as often is the 40 days that Jesus walked on earth after he was resurrected before he ascended into heaven. And the scripture records for us what Jesus was doing during that time in Acts chapter one, and I want you to turn to Acts chapter one in your Bibles right now, actually uh, summarizes for us the three main things that Jesus was doing. And so I want you to turn there. Maybe some of you are familiar with that, but if not, this passage is going to summarize it for us. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit. And now here's the three things that Jesus had done. We saw he was raised from the dead. He ascended to heaven. Now we're in that 40-day period in between. And what Jesus had done is after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many convincing proofs. Appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And so we see Jesus did three things during this time. The first thing he did is he was, by means of the Holy Spirit, giving orders to his followers. The second thing we saw he did is he, he proved to them over and over again he was really alive. So we looked at a little bit on Easter Sunday in a different window than Jesus would have, but he was with his followers giving them many convincing proofs that he was alive. But the third thing he was doing over those 40 days is he's speaking to them about the kingdom of God. Now this is for those who appreciate these kind of things, but I could see Jesus speaking about the kingdom and you got the reformed disciples on this side and the, the dispensational disciples on this side as Jesus is explaining to them about the kingdom. And so then we, we see that during these 40 days, this is what occupied Jesus' time. And then we find out that Jesus had given them orders. I want to focus on that this morning. The orders that Jesus gave to his followers. They're recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, actually, Acts has it too. I, I've always thought I would have loved to have been sitting in on that time when Jesus was speaking about the kingdom because we don't have that recorded in the Gospels or in Acts. We don't know what that discussion was during that time. We know Jesus referred to the kingdom while he was walking on earth. But during these 40 days, we don't know what he was saying. But we do know the orders he gave. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. 
the orders that Jesus gave to his followers in those 40 days. Now note, it does say orders. These are not, let me give you guys some good ideas of what you can be doing once I leave. Or let me give you some suggestions of things you can be doing. He didn't even say, let me give you best practices of churches of what you guys could do when I'm gone. What he did say is he gave him orders, commands, directives that the church was to carry out his followers after he left. Now, we're in a series that we're doing that's basically, we're calling it our core. We're taking a look at the unique personality of who Moraine Valley Church is, our core, our foundation, that makes us unique from other churches around us. Not better or worse, just unique. And to do that, we're kind of looking at our values and our mission. And this morning, we're gonna take a look at the value we have called mission-driven. That's why we exist. You see, our mission and what Moraine Valley Church does goes back to that time between the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension to heaven, those 40 days in between when he walked here on earth. And our mission is driven, or we're driven by our mission, we're motivated by our mission. That's what drives us from the inside out. We're not talking about a taskmaster over us that's pushing us and driving us to do something. We're talking about an internal motivation created by the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus said, out of our love for Jesus that motivates us and drives us and moves us to carry out the orders that he gave us in that time. So that's why we say we're mission driven. Certainly we're led by the Spirit, we're equipped by the Spirit, we're guided by the Spirit, and so the Spirit within us and the mission that Jesus, the orders he gave to his followers in those 40 days are why we exist. So what is that mission? He tells us right here in Acts, just a few verses later, if you go down to verse six, it says, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. Uh, that's the context of the mission. And so what is happening is here. The disciples had wondered, is this the time, Jesus? Are right now, are you gonna set up that kingdom for Israel that we had heard about uh, just for centuries and recorded in the Old Testament? Now, Jesus, their question had to do with time and Jesus responded to time. And his response was, it's not for you to know the time. That's in God's hands when that time is gonna come when he sets up that kingdom with Israel. But what he does say in verse eight is this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria 
and even to the remotest part. Doesn't say remotest parts like it's way out there in the world. If we can find out where the remotest part in the world is, that's as far as we're to take the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus summarizes for us three things here. We're going to be empowered for this mission that he's given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we saw on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given to the church. And so the first thing Jesus said is that you're going to get power, and you and I have got the power. You and I, when we became believers in Jesus Christ at that moment, were indwelt by the Spirit of God. And so now we have the power and the resources within us to carry out the mission that God has given to us. And that mission is this, to be my witnesses. Witnesses of Jesus. What does a witness do? Well, witness simply tells people what they have seen, what they heard, and what they know. And so their job was to tell others about what they have heard from Jesus, what they've seen of Jesus, what they know of Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. And then they were to do this in Jerusalem where they were right then, but also in all of Judea and Samaria, that's the, if you want to call it, the surrounding areas, the surrounding counties, if you will, uh, even to the remotest part of the earth. And so simply, our mission is a worldwide mission. It's a mission that starts right where we live with the people we live with to tell them about what we've seen, what we know, what we've heard, what we've experienced of Jesus. And in a few moments with baptism, that's what that's all about. They're making a public testimony of the fact that you know, I've experienced Jesus, I know him, and what they know of him and how he's touched their life. And we're to do that right where we live, we're to do that in the areas around us, do it throughout the whole world. But I say this is a summary because Jesus really, this was, uh, this time that Jesus did this was given right before he ascended into heaven uh, at the Mount of Olives. Actually, we see some other occasions and we see the same idea presented by Jesus to a followers. A lot of times we think that these passages are four or five different angles of the same experience. It's not. Some of them were in homes. One was in a mountain, Galilee, and this one here was at the Mount of Olives. So we know that Jesus gave these orders more than once. It wasn't just one time from four or five perspectives. So in the book of Mark, he said this to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Same idea. <laughs> go into all, all the world and tell them the good news about Jesus Christ. We see in Luke, he says it this way, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem, you are to be witnesses of these things. So once again, we see Jesus telling them on another occasion that you're gonna go out and tell people about repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You're gonna go to all the nations, proclaim Jesus to them and the things you've, you're gonna be his witness. John says it this way. 
So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has, this is Jesus speaking, as the Father has sent me, I also am sending you. And so we know that uh, the Father sent Jesus to be a light to the nations. And so he's saying, guess what, guys? Now I'm sending you the same way I was sent by the Father. I'm sending you. I want you to turn to Matthew 28. This was by a uh, mountain in Galilee. They call it the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28. And this is probably the most detailed description of the mission. That's why I want you to turn to it. As Jesus made it clear to them what he was asking of them. What he was ordering them to do. Matthew 28. Verse 16. I want to give you the the context in verses 16 to 18. Uh, But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to a mountain which Jesus has designated. Now, if you know the map of Israel, Judah is where Jerusalem was. Uh, That's where the one in Acts we looked at, Galilee, the northern part of Israel. There was a mountain up there that they had proceeded to. Jesus said he would meet them there. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has all authority, both in heaven and on earth. The Father gave that to him. He says then in verse 19, therefore go and make disciples. That key word, therefore, ties what's going on to what came before. Basically saying this, because I have all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, I'm telling you out of that, I'm giving you an order, I'm commanding you, I'm giving you a directive as the one who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who has the right and the legal authority to tell you what to do as the head of the church, I'm telling you, go make disciples. And again, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus, out of his authority, was commanding them once again to make Disciples, followers of Jesus, people that are learning from Jesus, pupils of Jesus are learning from him how to live life his way. And there's three ways we do that in this passage, going. First thing we do is we're intentional to go. And we see that really we're to go to all the nations. That's why we have missionaries. That's why we support missionaries here at Moraine Valley. That's why we have a global outreach team. We call a go team because part of our mission is not just to our neighbors, 
but it's to the whole world. And we support missionaries that go around the world uh, to bring the gospel message of Jesus and make disciples. So the first thing is we go. That's evangelism. Telling those who don't know about Jesus and their spiritual problem, which Jesus is the solution to. Let me say it this way. Every person is born into this world with a spiritual problem. We're already born into the world what they call spiritually dead. Our problem isn't the sins we commit along the way. Our problem is, is we're born with a thing called a sin nature. It's called sin. And so when Jesus went to the cross, he not only paid for our sins, but he took our sin, the very nature that we had and that died with Jesus on the cross. So man is born in sin. And there's a, there's a tendency within us, there's something deep within man that, that drives him towards and makes him want to sin. That separates us from God. And Jesus came the Holy One, God himself, came, and I love the passage you read earlier, Josh, and his, our sins were placed upon him. And he died. You know, the, them at the time thought he's getting judged for what he deserves because he's a sinner, but they missed it. Jesus willingly took on my sin and your sin and took it to the cross to pay the price. And in exchange... We were given his righteousness. He took our sin, he gives us his righteousness. And as we read throughout the Bible, the way that a person enters into this is not by trying harder to be good, not by doing a lot of good deeds, not by starting to go to church regularly and being a real religious person, but rather it is totally by faith and resting, it's a gift that God gives. It's the gift of salvation, the gift of a new heart, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of eternal life is all placed within us so that now as believers, guess what? As a lost person, there's a tendency within us that wants to run our life our own way, and we always fall short of what God wants to us, but with the new life and the new heart, guess what? We got a heart that wants to go God's way rather than my own way. And I want to live for him now. That's what he gives us as a gift. And if you're here this morning and maybe you're here and you've never really, maybe you're here because you think, you know, I got to go to church enough to go to heaven someday. But really, maybe this morning is the day that God is opening your heart and your mind to understand it's a gift that Jesus paid for. You know, when I give somebody a gift, I have to go pay for it at the store. <laughs> and you know what? In the same way, Jesus paid for this gift for us, which we get for free on the basis of faith rather than works. And these baptisms this morning are going to be a picture of that for us. So we're to go. Baptizing. Again, that's when people have received this gift. Now I'm going to make a public testimony. I'm going to make a witness. I'm going to stand in front of the world and say, I now am a follower of Jesus. I put my trust in him. That's what baptism simply is. It's coming out and letting the world know that now I've put my trust in Jesus. And then teaching them to observe. That's what we do the rest of our life. You wonder what's next after baptism? 
Keep on learning what Jesus taught us and keep on obeying. Today you're obeying him in baptism. Our rest of our life is is learning to obey everything he taught us to obey him in. And then then I love this, Just, just like Acts, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the promise of the Great Commission. So many people leave that part off. Jesus promises to be with us. And he's with us by means of his Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ now dwells within us to equip us with everything we need. What did he say in Acts 1? And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. You see, God empowers us and enables us to carry out the mission that we have before him. And he promises to be with us even to the end of the age. So MVC is a mission-driven church. The mission that Jesus gave us in those 40 days is what gives us direction to what we do. It's why we do what we do. And we summarize it this way as a church as we try to put together the many different things that Jesus asked. Basically, one is following Jesus, the other is impacting others for Jesus. By following Jesus, it simply means this. What do he say? Obeying, you know, teaching them to obey. So those, when we're obeying Jesus, we're following Jesus. When we're obeying him with baptism, we're following Jesus. Now, when we're impacting others, that's that part where I'm taking and I'm teaching others because the commission says teaching them to obey all that he commanded us. So now I'm going to teach others. I'm going to teach those who don't know Jesus, those that are lost, what the gospel is, what we just talked about a few minutes ago, my role and your role into all the nations is to teach those who don't know Jesus about what he did for them. And for those around us in, I guess, those who are in the best small group in the whole church, I guess, I guess they're up there. I actually thought the group I was in, you know, but you know, we w- we'll debate that later. But we're to teach others, impact them for Jesus, believers. Because what God's doing with you and me is he's making us more and more like Jesus, less and less of Pat Peglo and more he looks like Jesus. That's a lifetime process that will never be reached until Jesus returns. John the Baptist, I must decrease, he must increase. The story of every one of our lives is the decrease of ourselves on the throne of our lives and the increase of Jesus on the throne of our lives so that there's more and more of Jesus filling us and we look like Jesus, we talk like Jesus, our attitudes reflect Jesus' attitudes. My thinking looks more like Jesus' thinking. My talking sounds more like Jesus. You follow what I'm saying? We're becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And our role is to help one another get there. So we're to follow him in baptism and obedience, and we impact others by sharing the gospel and helping others grow in Christ's likeness. So this is the way when we describe this value in its fullness of putting it on the lower shelf of what it could look like. 
is we believe that we carry the hope of Jesus to the world. We've been placed in our church and community for the sake of others. Have you ever thought about that? If you come to church this morning thinking, who am I gonna bless? Rather than how am I gonna get blessed? You live in your community, the place you live now for how can I be a blessing to those around me and where I live? You've been placed there by God for their sake because you're a carrier of hope. When each of us plays our part in our families, they're strengthened. Believers grow. The hurting are healed. The lost are found and our community is blessed. That's the difference we can make. That's what Jesus in those 40 days said. That's what he wants his followers doing. He wants us following him in obedience and impacting others for the sake of Jesus. And when we actually do that, we find that people are strengthened, the lost find Jesus, people grow in Christ, those that are hurting are healed, those that are around us are blessed. So this baptism this morning, which we're gonna to move to now, is a beautiful picture this morning. It doesn't always happen this way, but what a gift from God to give to us this morning, a picture of what it means to follow Jesus and impact others. And let me tell you why that picture is so special this morning. Because we're gonna have two people being baptized whose lives have been deeply touched by Jesus Christ. And they are following him this morning in baptism. But guess what? There's gonna be two other people in the baptism with them. Uh, one of them will find this pleasingly plump bald guy in there as well, but we got two, two other people in there that have deeply impacted their spiritual life by telling them about Jesus and helping them grow in Jesus. So what a beautiful picture this morning that we have of what God has called us to do. Those who are being baptized, a picture of what it means to follow Jesus, and those that are doing the baptisms, people that have impacted their lives so much, I said, I, I want them to be in there and part of my baptism. So we're gonna start right now with a video of Andrea's testimony. You're gonna be blessed on how Jesus touched her, then they'll come up and we'll hear a little bit more from them. <laughs> 